just keep your crown on, keep your head up. I just want to be a part of this bigger picture. The connection between the college and the real world. I think we would all agree that sometimes that connection is not as streamlined as it should be. The colleges are trying to prepare us. And maybe you don't have the gratitude for how that system's working or for how it's making you feel. That's ultimately what we have in one regard in terms of thinking about this dialogue. It's like the humanities meets tech and they have to come together. You're listening to the Aftergrad Podcast. My name is Victoria. And I'm Robert Kane. And we are your fellow Aftergrads simply trying to find clarity and security in this postgrad moment. And we have reached the summer. So we are actually entering a pause, a break, and soon to be coming into our season three. But we have a special guest for you as we close out. Today, I have my fellow sibling, Elizabeth Ann Gilbert. She recently graduated from West Point in Northern East USA. And I'm just so proud of her. And I just feel like we can learn and hear so much about her experience and where she's at and just kind of see also what she's not so clear about as she enters the school of life. Hi, Aftergrads. As I've been introduced, I'm Elizabeth Ann Gilbert. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I did graduate recently, May 27th, whoop whoop, um, from the United States Military Academy. With that being said, anything that I say today as a disclaimer um, is not supported by or an opinion of West Point as an institution and the United States Army, Um, but I am super excited to be able to share my perspective and just kind of my way forward. Yeah, and we definitely haven't forgot that we kind of left you guys hanging in our last episode, and Mm. this is also going to be a follow-up from the future, what the future holds, like discussing the future and playing a little card game at the end just to casually talk about what's going on in our lives as well as what we expect to see in the future or hope to see in the future. Yeah, and I mean, it's perfect that you're here too because it's great. Like Victoria and I, we graduated two years ago and to have a fellow aftergrad come on the show and reflect on what was literally just a four-year journey for yourself, I think it's super insightful and I think you're going to have a lot of things to share. I'm interested in learning from you and also just thinking about the future and like what that entails. So yeah, the summer from your perspective, I mean, you're like two, three months out from after graduating, like, yes, sir. what are you excited for? Like, what are you looking forward to with, I guess, maybe this newfound freedom? Are you, do you feel prepared for the real world? I guess. Yeah. And have you rested yet? Like, have you really got a chance to like sit down and be like, okay, I actually feel like I'm chilling. Cause for the, for, I know when I first graduated, I still felt like I needed to keep myself busy and I had to be working. And I felt like I was, you know, I don't know. I was angst by just sitting around and not studying for some type of test. Cause there's like a lot, there's a huge high right before you graduate. And then all of a sudden it's <laughs> nothing. Right. Sorry. I mean, we definitely took our trip to Tulum, you and me, Victoria. So You're I mean, right. That's exactly. That's how we rested. And I just saw you too, fellow Aftergrad. You in Barcelona, like, period. I love, <laughs> I love that for you. And me studying about in Europe. Oh, my God. I love that. So, yeah, I feel like you've rested. But, yeah, please do tell us more mm, about what that's yeah. looked like for you. Yeah, I think after graduating, you know, me and my best friend, uh, Sophie, we just really wanted to travel and just see the world. So we kind of island hopped after starting our journey in Barcelona. Um, We went to Ibiza and then Mallorca, Spain, and it was just all so beautiful. I'm such a little fish. I love, I'm a Pisces. Um, Period. Period. Likewise. (laughs) We live. So I need my nature. I need my body of water. And I was served that and more just good food, good drinks. Um, And I was really able to just kind of like rest, meet new people, which is also a way I recharge and again, be with my best friend and some of her family. So it just kind of was like a great, like eye opening. I'm an adult now kind of deal, you know, because I also paid for the trip. So <laughs> my wallet felt that, but it was so worth it. Been bit by the travel bug. I'll always, always take a flight. But in terms of just like it being summer and school being over, I think there's moments where it hasn't hit me yet. 
I'm like, oh, it's just summer break. Like we're going back. But then there's moments where I'm like apartment shopping or even like I've started looking maybe at houses or, you know, just kind of like preparing my paperwork for entering into my job training, which is air defense artillery. Um, And I'm just kind of that part does give the angst. That part does give a bit of the anxiety because it's so unknown. And what I will say is that my school did prepare me well um, to be an officer, but at the same time, it takes you to the door. But when you walk through that door, it's going to be unknown. It's going to be something that you face that it couldn't prepare you for. Nothing could, you know, and so you just kind of have to take that in stride. And that's the part that I'm having to tell myself, you're good. Like trust yourself because at the end of the day, I'll pull the tools necessary to overcome any challenge, but always the unknown girl it has got me in a chokehold sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's got me sitting on the couch watching Love Island instead of doing what I need to be doing, but okay it definitely... Sometimes. That's yeah. Okay. And it's, it is. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Which is also, you know, you just got to remind yourself that I think like going into adulthood, I'm really on the vibe of like, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Like that was such a huge lesson I learned in school is you're not going to be able to do it all. You're not superwoman. It's impossible. So pick priorities. Have you guys heard of like the ball analogy? No. So So basically the way they teach us at school, at our school, because there's different aspects of our grading. So, you know, we have the military pillar, we have the character pillar, we have the academic pillar, the physical pillar. So um, there's one more pillar that I'm missing. Please excuse me. I'm a little rusty all of a sudden. But with each pillar, you have grades that go into your final GPA. And so essentially you have tasks every single day that go into these pillars and you kind of have to figure out what's a glass ball what's a wooden ball and what's rubber ball. So what can I drop right now? That's going to bounce back. If it's a glass ball, obviously if I drop it, it's going to break. So I'm kind of going into it with this mindset of, you know, I'm going to identify what these balls are. And then from there on, I'm going to give myself grace when, you know, maybe I drop a wooden one and it doesn't bounce back as well, or maybe I misidentified what was rubber, you know? And so just kind of having that grace and that discernment is where I'm like, okay, just keep putting one foot in front of the other and the rest will follow, you know? I love that analogy, the bounce back. And then also, of course, like how you can parallel it to like you taking one step at a time. But as you're taking these steps, you're also leaving some things behind now that you are no longer a college student. And one of those things I definitely want to bring up is being a tennis player. So that was like a huge part of your life. And now it's no longer there. I mean, you can also highlight some other Um, aspects of your life that maybe you're leaving behind but what does that feel like any tears behind that any mourning definitely (laughs) or any relief honestly um I think it's a bit of both you know it's it's so interesting how as I've grown up things have gone from like black and white to gray and I really was experiencing like a tornado a whirlwind of emotions that we're not encompassed by one word or one side of the spectrum. So the one word I kept telling people was bittersweet because it's like such a contradicting word, but it's also like just how you feel when you have all these things mixing. I remember the day that, you know, my college career ended, I hit my last backhand. It went out. I lost the match. And I was like, oh, wow, that's it. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Is that how it's supposed to feel like? (laughs) you know, and like going into that match. So that was the finals of our, um, of our regional uh, tournament and going into that match, you know, I told my team, you know, I've done everything I've set out to do with my career. This match that I'm about to play, whether I win or lose it is the cherry on top. Like it's extra, you know, and I'm so blessed to be out here with those girls and something a mentor of mine had told me a previous teammate who had graduated was, Liz, enjoy, like look down that row of tennis courts and realize you will, you'll never feel like that competitive urge really again. And in that aspect, you know, playing alongside girls who you've gone through all this stuff with that become your sisters, you'll never feel, you know, that piece, that type of energy again. So cherish that. So as I was playing, I just kept looking down the line, like so grateful to even be out there and just feeling like, goosebumps honestly because I was so blessed to be out there now the next day when that adrenaline came down and I was literally sitting in class um, luckily it was a class where the teacher was a mentor of mine as well and I started crying 
I, I literally couldn't. I literally could not stop. Like I was really trying. I went to the bathroom for a second, went back to the class. It's like a two hour, three hour class, but I just could not stop crying. And it was very silent and it wasn't, you know, a lot, but just tears were falling. And eventually, you know, I went out into the hall and she came out and talked to me. And it just was a conversation of, you know, this is new territory. Like I had been playing for, so I'm 22, about 20 years. And it's just like, it's an unknown and no one can prepare you for that, you know, at the end of the day. But what I can say is just that I've been super grateful and blessed to feel that and to feel that type of love and to, and to have that type of sisterhood and competition because it really has also built me up and given me the tools to move forward. And I will say, I do find myself uh, doing things day to day that is like kind of giving me that competitive edge. Like I've started crocheting and <laughs> I, I think my every, bucket hat is oh on my its God. way. Oh my God. Yes. Love that. <laughs> I'm going to have to give me crocheting. like a hoodie or something. Yeah. I'm going to send in my request. You? I got you. I'm I'm slow, but that's what I'm saying. Take like, I'll your be like, okay, time. We got nothing I'm, but how long, <laughs> how long does it take me to do one row? And that's just like how I do my little competitive edge now. It's just like new things like cooking or crocheting or like what hobby can I pick up? You know, what else can I do? And so that's just kind of that journey has come to a conclusion and it's crazy, you know? I mean, but that's so powerful and insightful. I think you're talking about like these small habits that you're beginning to pick up because what you will soon realize and what Victoria and I, I think continue to realize is that again, you were talking about the uncertainty. You just really never know what is going to come about yeah. in your personal life, regardless of how prepared you might feel or how hardworking yeah. you are. Life can be a whole comedian sometimes and will For enjoy real. trying to kick you down and you have to find ways to pick yourself back up. But then it's also on the flip side too. Like there's so much opportunity that exists by just continuing to show up and show out and do good things and be gracious at like you're talking about. So I think even though you're kind of saying goodbye to certain elements like for you talking about playing tennis for 20 years we were all tennis players and one thing that right. I kind of want to highlight yeah. about my personal journey and you all know this but to just reiterate for the after grad mm -hmm. community I've been playing tennis again and when I left Dallas about six or seven months ago that was what my spirit was telling me to do and it's like I sometimes have a little bit of resentment and frustration because just at the universe and a little bit with myself because I never got that college team tennis experience that I yeah. really kind of wanted but now mm -hmm. life has given me an opportunity to just once again show up and so I guess I say mm -hmm. that to say that sometimes when you say goodbye to things it's because you love it so deeply and it's not meant for that moment but mm -hmm. for your story Liz even though you're leaving that competitive environment you've put so much time and energy and even if you take five or six years off from tennis you've built that demeanor that mindset up and I think that right. there's lots of opportunities oh, for, sure. for that to translate into other areas of your life like when you continue to go on and apply for these jobs or even in your hobbies or when you're making friendships because friendships take a lot of commitment I feel like there's just so much I am guess I'm harping on like the athletic mindset honestly and how that translates to so many elements of life and that's one of the reasons that I've gotten back in to playing tennis and incorporating mm -hmm. it into into my life but anyway, and I think that's such a that. like no that's such a beautiful story too just because it's like sometimes a goodbye is see you later you know like sometimes a goodbye is not permanent and I think you know we go into this world and we're just kind of like okay again like just falling into the trap of black and white and we got to categorize and we have to like everything has to be so clean like this is either in my life or it's not but really it doesn't have to be that way always and so I think that's so beautiful that you've come back around to it because if you have love for it then for sure it fills your spirit, it fills your soul, it fills your purpose, you know? And I think also like what you were saying about just it developing tools necessary for adulting and, you know, just living, thriving is very true. Like I, I notice I gravitate towards people who have that similar mindset, specifically with tennis. It's one of the only individual sports there's no one else out there with you. I think college tennis is a little bit unique because you have your coaches you can call on during the match, but growing up, you're an island, you know? And so you have to learn very early, like what discipline is and, you know, what heart is and grit. And, you know, and when you take that to other aspects of your life, like that's where I've seen me succeed. And I can truly say like, that's the reason, well, yes, 
I did get recruited to play at, at West Point, but that's also the reason that I was able to be so successful there is because it taught me all these qualities that I was able to build on and then eventually lead with. And as you're saying that, it kind of makes me go back to something that you said earlier in the convo where you made a comment. You were talking about like now you're finally entering adulthood, right? By graduating university, you're now somehow entering adulthood. And an idea that I've been thinking about in regards to the after-grad journey is I feel like in society, we feel like, and I'm kind of speaking personally, but I'm also kind of projecting in terms of how I feel like society views college. But I feel like after we graduate high school, we somehow feel like we are stepping into a stage of adulthood where it's like very Mm -hmm. seriously, I'm now able to execute on some of my independence. And I feel like this environment is a representation of the real world, but I feel like that's not true, absolutely. And so I guess guess what I'm curious to hear from your experience is like, you just recently graduated, but during your four years, do you feel like those four years fully represented the journey that you're going to continue to embark on in your adulthood? Like, I mean, I guess I'm asking like, Mm -hmm. yes, did it prepare you? But then also, as you're continuing to look forward to the future, do you feel like the college experience is an accurate representation of like, what the next stage of life looks like. Yeah. So with the military academy, I will serve five years active duty and three years reserve after I graduated. So I think specifically, especially for like my background, it was a gradual, it was a great gradual little uh, stair step into adulthood. And what I will say is I think like college is really your young adult. And then you get out and that's like adulting. And it's just such a safer environment. So I can also speak for my academy where, you know, we do have some safeguards in place to make sure that, you know, we don't completely hit the ground. We fail. We have challenges where we have to come back and like have a solution and and figure things out. Because when you're in the academy, you will have like essentially a job that you have to do for your military grade. And then on top of that, the academic physical work that you have. So um, you definitely have things challenging you, but they're not going to let you completely smack hit the ground. And so with that being said, that safe environment just kind of gives you, you know, the legs to run into adulthood. And so I really do think it does help with progression. Um, Something I came across, I, I don't remember who said it, but is if you think about it, when you turn 20, that's really when you start considering like adulthood, right? So then every year after that is your actual age, right? So 21, you're one years old, Mm. 22, you're two years old. So I'm two years old right now in my adulthood. (laughs) My legs are still wobbly. (laughs) Okay. I might fall down sometimes. I might have to crawl sometimes, but when I turn three, maybe, maybe I'll start to be able to run. When I turn four, maybe I'll start to be able to, you know, really put sentences together. And so that's kind of how I'm looking at my life and my progression. And I think, you know, West Point was a great place for me to face those challenges that made me like have to start walking and have to start just taking care of myself a little bit more and realizing what it would take for me to come out graduated with a routine, with a good head on my shoulder and, you know, looking to the future for the best possibility. I would like to say that regardless of like the institute or the college that you attend, it's it's very common amongst all of us oh, that we sure. have our moments of like floundering around or not really knowing what's next, right? And I love that earlier you said that when you had that moment, you were crying in the classroom and you weren't really sure and you had that moment of feeling like the unknown kind of hit you. Ultimately, you were grateful mm-hmm. for it. Can you explain to us like why should an aftergrad be grateful for feeling like they don't have their stuff together, like the world is against them? Like why is it so important in this stage to not necessarily look at everything as attacking them, but look at everything as maturing them and making them into their best selves and therefore coming out on the other side grateful for the opportunity to be in the unknown? I'll definitely like just second you on that piece, you know, just because I went to a military academy, I think it's so important to know that at the end of the day, we face very similar challenges to normal universities and and academies. And the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, when you come in as a freshman, um, you don't know what you're doing. 
when you come in as a plebe at a military academy, you do not know what you're doing. You have to learn time management. You have to be able to, you know, kind of grow and mature. And so to that point of like, just being grateful for that process, it really takes knowing that, you know, without the darkness, there's no light. Without, you know, sad, there's no happy. If we just felt average every day, all day, there would be no contradiction. So like, really, you can't celebrate the high moments without also celebrating the low moments. And for me, I've just realized that, you know, the low moments don't have to be a loss. They can be a lesson. So it's really just changing your mindset and the and the way that you see things, your perspective. And a book that really did that for me is The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. The Four Agreements rocked my world. Read it every Likewise. year. Thank you, Victoria, annual for sharing read. that. Yes. No, it is an annual read. No, like it's when an I was, annual read. It is so good. Do you remember the four agreements? I remember some of them. I would love. Yes. To... Okay. So the one I really have to work on. Okay, mm-hmm. is don't take it personal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't take it personal. And and with these emotions, I'll get to the other three. But with these emotions, it's not personal. You know. Yeah, you're feeling it, and it's so hard to dissociate that sometimes you're feeling it. But know that you know whatever challenge is making you feel this is making you grow. Mm. So it's not personal. And if anything, it's for your best, you know? So like I sit in gratitude because sometimes it is the only way to grace. It's the only way to use it in a productive manner to move forward. And if that's always the goal, then, you know, all you can do is kind of focus on. And what I'll also say is people always say, be positive. Mm. So you might be crying and people are like, oh, just, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Just be happy. Like, just be positive. (laughs) Somebody told me, Dr. Dr. Cat, Catherine Longshore, she was my sports psychologist at the academy. She told me sometimes it's better to be helpful than positive. And sometimes that looks Ooh, realistic. I love that. I, I yeah, yeah, I want to get that written down somewhere. No, because I was just going to be like, yeah. for the girlies that are like really irritated with life and just feel like they're mm-hmm. down in the dumps, yeah. because I'm personally in there right now. Like I was yeah. telling Victoria offline how irritated I am with job applications and feeling, yes, like the world is against me and feeling yeah. like a lot of my hard work was meaningless. And I'm like, yes, I know that this is a moment for growth and I have that understanding, but I'm also mm-hmm. like pissed off. And exactly. So like, <laughs> and be pissed. <laughs> right. And exactly. so that's a great emotion to feel. It's like once you realize the root of your emotions, too, you can solve a problem better. And that's but, the yeah. great thing about them. So if you're pissed off, that means you care. That means yes. you love it which means you need to stick to it and you need to just go ahead and go to the grinder, put your head down. You, yep. you know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. it's like, and that's the helpful part. It's like, I'm not sitting here and being positive and like, Oh, well, you know, be pissed for a moment, but shake it off and sunshine and rainbows. No, sometimes it's life sucks, but I need to go ahead and do what I need to do. Yeah. And so I'm not going to take that personal. I'm just going to keep it chugging because life is life. You know, um, the other three, just really quickly, don't take it personal. Speak your truth. I might not be saying them word for word, but I know, I know it's like speak impeccably. That's yeah, yes, be impeccable with your word. With your word. There uh-huh. it is. That's it. Do your the best. The one I'm working on. Yeah. And then the one I'm working on right now is don't make assumptions. Mm, there's the fourth mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah. It's that one that's, for me. Yeah, it's like good. I'm putting in a lot and I'm ex- I'm expecting something of a person or like they're not responding the way I want. And so I'm assuming that they think something of me or, and therefore I'm turning it towards me and I'm starting to self-destruct. And so I'm in this phase right now where I make absolutely no assumptions, just moving graciously, trying to not really see how it affects or any response out of someone and just focus on my own responses to life. But yeah, I I think that's all four of them. I think that's all four of them. That's all four of them. Now, this is, this is not only an episode. I kind of want this to be a piece that you can look back on when you're like 25 maybe you can come back to this and you can be like oh dang I said that Mm -hmm. Um, so what's a little note to your higher self that you would (laughs) like to say on the mic right now I don't know as you enter your next stage of life Miss Elizabeth Ann Gilbert (laughs) (laughs) you know just keep your crown on keep your head up because so many times you are going to face trial and tribulation, but no, it is not your end all be all. And it won't be over till the fat lady sings. Just keep your head up, keep trucking and trust yourself. Like, I think something that you've truly had to learn is at the end of the day, your intuition won't lead you wrong, you know? And if you just go into things trusting yourself, then things can only go up. 
And then another thing I'll say is allow other people to say no. Don't say no for yourself. You know, I think it's so easy to be like, oh, maybe this opportunity is not for me or I'm not good enough. I don't belong. But if you're in that room, if you have it in front of you, then it's for you, even if it's just to go through the application process or what it be, and then for you to get rejected. And on that note, as SZA has said in her album, rejection is freedom. It allows you to go where you should be if that's not where it is. So through all of that, keep your crown on, keep your head up. Girl, boss, (laughs) hot girl, you out here doing it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that you never... Elizabeth, ever since you were young, like she's never sweated the future. She was always very, very present, but she she knew she knew what was next and what was to come. And it was funny. We were just in the car and you were telling me about you're so bold. You're telling me about this moment. She was like 12, 13. And this coach was yipping and yapping about her hair, like (laughs) talking to my sister about. Yeah, exactly. And so. I don't know. Do you care to share just a little glimpse yeah. of what you told him? Because I feel like in that moment, it's kind of like that same attitude yeah. everyone should kind of have about life. It's just like, I'm going to be somebody. You stay doing you, you, yeah. you know, like for those who do come at you yeah. because they are, you know, this yeah. is just the beginning, Elizabeth. Like, yeah. I'm so proud of you for making it through these four years and like everything that you're so flipping strong. Like every time I look at you, I just want to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> my yes. God, oh my, God. Sister, oh my goodness. But um, <laughs> it's not over. It's yeah, it's always sure. getting tougher. And so yeah. just just share what you shared when you were younger. Yeah, it's really interesting. And Kane has seen it for you after grads. Um, I'm very uh, strong natured. Okay, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of spunk, a lot of heart. And what I believe in, I believe in. And so, you know, this coach was kind of coming after me. And and mind you, I got my degree um, as a Bachelor of Science in sociology with a minor in systems engineering. Um, but that sociology with diversity and inclusion piece is really my heart. Um, and it's really because I want to know people. I want to understand people's perspective, where they come from, you know, uh, where we're going, how we can do better as a society. And that's really what I love as people. So with that being said, you know, at a young age, it just kind of is funny how like God showed it to me in different ways. But this coach was kind of challenging me and just kind of kept bringing up comments on my hair. You know, my hair is unkept. It's not washed. He, he was like, oh, you know, it's just questions I have, but then he would put it as statements, you know, your hair is dirty, this, that, and the third. And I was like, you sit here as a tennis coach talking to a 13, 14 year old girl about her hair. Like, do you hear yourself? And I just very well said that I will not sit here for this. If you at the time, I didn't know what the word microaggressions meant. It definitely was microaggressions. But I did tell him you're being racist. I said, I will not sit here for this. I packed my things and I walked out of that country club. And I walked two miles home with my tennis bag on my bag because I was not I was not having it in the Texas heat. Um, (laughs) But I really I really told him I was like, you know, you just graduated. You came back to be a tennis coach and no shame. But at the same time, recognize your position that you have. You could have great influence over my life, but instead Mm -hmm. you're choosing to tear me down. I'm 14 years old. And he should be lucky that I'm one of the strong ones because I was not finna cower. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to stay here and take this. And I'm going to call you out on it, too. I'm not just going to walk out. You're going to know and hear exactly how I feel and that I think you shouldn't even have this job. However, because you do, I will no longer be a customer here. Thank you very much. Walked out, told my father I was not going back, you know, and that was like that was only a precursor. You know, there was other times where I had high school teachers, you know, targeting me and the other black kids in the classroom. And it just kind of was like, I was the person to kind of like stand up and always say something or to have action. And it's really just because I think that service piece comes in. I didn't always know why I chose West Point, you know, or like why I chose to stay. Sometimes what they always say at the academy is like, your reason to go isn't always your reason to stay. And I didn't even like see it really in myself. I just saw, you know, God said, say yes. So I said, yes. And that's another thing is just having faith 
because later it really came to me, you know, all these little moments in my life is I've been the strong one. I've been the one ready to serve and ready to roll up my hands and put my, put them in the mud and really kind of clean things out so that lives are better. And so I'm super excited now for my future and my career, because I see where that strength has prepared me. And all those little moments have just made me better to lead, you know, the sons and daughters of America. It's that one. I think that's, that's why we started the After God podcast in the first place. And why I wanted to really highlight on that moment is because not only we are, you know, going into the next phase, but we're going into the next phase and choosing to speak up on things that aren't right. And systems that are in place that just are you know, against us and not in the right way. And it, it just shouldn't be. And so when we started the After Guy podcast, we were just seeing so many things that were just like, hold up. Yeah. Y'all aren't telling and no us one about this. To say anything. And yeah. nobody wanted to say exactly. And then like so many generations before us as well were just like, well, because we dealt with it, you deal with it. Right. right. And so it's just, you know, it, it's one thing to be bold and try to attack this world of life, but it's another to also be bold and outspoken and say something yeah. to make the life better for the next person to come. So I just absolutely love that. About I mean, you. for sure. Like it's going to be paving our own path yeah. as this next generation is really going to be, it doesn't even matter if you're going into a career that's pretty well, like known, there's still going to be challenges that our generation faces that generations haven't before or handled ways we don't want to handle. So with that being said, you just kind of, that's the whole piece. Keep your crown on your head. Like, Hold, never let your chin slip. That was something always said to me. You know, you don't want that crown falling off your head because at the end of the day, that's what you have is yourself and the word that you stand on, be impeccable with your word. You feel me? So when you're paving that path, you're going to have a little drag. It's not going to be smooth sailing, you know, walking easy. You're going to have a little sweat. But if you keep that crown on, then you'll make it to promised land. (laughs) And it's going to be a little uncertain because no one's been there before. You're talking about the path that's unwritten. And that goes into kind of what we were talking about in the previous episode, too, about thinking about the future and entering spaces that we haven't yet been. And I think that that's just so exciting. As I'm hearing you talk, Liz, I'm also feeling like you're kind of connecting dots in your past. Victoria and I, we've talked a lot about just like reflecting on the passions of our past lives and our inner child and trying to reawaken them in our present and so I guess it's just beautiful to hear you be able to have that clarity of thought because I just know that that doesn't exist in a lot of people maybe due to time maybe Mm -hmm. due to confidence for whatever reason the challenges and traumas that people are facing there's so many explanations as to why but I guess I just want people to be able to try to find that ability to connect the dots because you're Mm -hmm. sitting here you're we're all writing stories about ourselves, regardless of if you're a writer or a performer or whatever, like it doesn't matter what career, we all have a story to share. And it's important to understand your purpose and why you have done and made the choices that you have made and the choices that we're going to continue to make as we enter in the future. And it's so I mean, we're sitting here having this conversation. I struggle every time I come to the mic sometimes because it's like we're about to embark on a conversation that is so uncertain but yet we have to say something and try to have clarity of thought. But I think that's just the act is just putting one foot in front of the other and just showing up, like you said. I think it's like really important to know that it takes a community. Mm-hmm. And even between you two, it's a community. Being able to talk to and lean on, you're able to gain perspective because it just gives you roots. It gives you perspective. It gives you so much in, in your life. And you can sit and have reflection within yourself, which is also super important. But at the end of the day, when you say things out loud, you make it real or you hear something new. And I think it's just very important to have that in your life. And if you don't have it with friends, like therapy is such a beautiful option. It's done its number on me, you know, and just being consistent. It's not just when you're down, but when you're happy too, when you're celebrating, when, you know, you're on a high, you have joy, you have peace you know, continue to do that work on yourself, whether it's with the people you love and trust, or it's with a therapist that you love and trust, like, that is something that, from what you were saying, has been able to also give me in my life, the perspective that you had, like, gained just from even starting the podcast, you know? Mm, I think that's quite profound. And honestly, since we're about to transition into thinking more about the future, just as like, a wrap up, We talk about this every now and then, you and me, Victoria, 
about how when we come to the mic and after we do an episode, how cathartic it is and how relaxing we feel to kind of have like a diary of a location where we can share our thoughts. And so for you, Liz, as we kind of transition into thinking about the future, I just want to hear like, how was this experience? I don't know if you've been on podcasts in the past or have done anything like this, but I'm just curious, like what was your experience like just having this conversation and like actively thinking about these topics from the perspective of a really recent graduate? I love it. You know, I love to talk. So (laughs) I'm always down for a conversation. Um, Me and my little Pisces self, we will talk your little ear off and through it, find, you know, something new about myself, something new about another person. As I said, with sociology, the whole reason I picked it was to be able to get to know people. And so even in this podcast journey, A, watching you guys grow, I was, I think, still a little bit of a sophomore or a junior when you guys started off. And so to listen to y'all's podcast and hear y'all grow through that and then be able to graduate and come on here and share my experience and be a part of y'all's journey is just a new perspective I've taken on and appreciate. So it again, it just like adds to my gratitude and gets me through life. Amen. But it also has been just kind of like one of those moments while I've graduated. You know, like I said, I have moments I'm like, oh, I'm going back to school. It's okay. But it's one of those moments where like, yeah, yeah, this is it. Uh, adulthood, here we come. Okay. I, I know we have to get to the game, but that that just, it rang a bell for me um, as you were saying that we started when you were a sophomore. That's crazy. But since us starting, I, I think one of the goals that I, I definitely, you know, have from doing the podcast is just like for those who are now graduating they can see that there's kind of a less enchanted side to living life and not to say to like, you know, jokes on you or that, you know, you're going to suffer, but just to tell them the truth. And like like you said, the truth, did you say the truth starts at you free or nothing like that? Did you say that earlier? Okay. Um, but yeah, like it, it truly does set you free. It doesn't really set you back. Cause Mm -hmm. some people are like, Oh, well they should think that it's all about, you know, it's, fun it's partying and all that stuff and as you did respectfully have that moment to yourself but also you're very aware of the disenchanted side of life as well why do you think it's important that we have a glimpse of both and not just be fed this delusion of what 20s is supposed to look like it really just is such a deep question but it really (laughs) don't apologize um it really just is again adding to having the bigger picture in mind and it it just gives you, if you're going to prepare yourself, that's how you prepare yourself fully. So if you, if you want to just look at, you know, the pretty side, when you hit those lows, it's going to feel a lot lower. But when you look at realistically, okay, this is going to suck, or this is, this is how it's going to be. You can embrace that. There's a saying in the, in the military, embrace the suck. Um, and so we kind of go into things knowing like, this is going to be hard, but then from there, you can be like, how do I make it better? And so um, I think like an example would be, we do this thing called rucking. It's like you have a very heavy backpack on essentially and you walk around and there's a lot of hills and mountains and it's not the most fun thing in the world, but it is great cardio. (laughs) And so that's part of the embrace the suck, right? So we all know that that's going to be a pretty bad experience. But what ends up happening is, you know, we are playing games like the alphabet game or sing a song or, you know, who needs help? Can I push up your backpack for you so you don't have to feel the whole weight? Or do you need to hold on to my backpack behind me so I can walk the pace and set it for you? And so again, in that camaraderie sense, like when you understand the lows and when you understand, you know, the darkness bit, A, it makes the light and the happy like so much more better, like just better. But then it it also just allows you to work through those lows a little bit easier. I don't know if I truly answered your question. No, but that's like, that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, on the topic of trying to make things better and thinking about the future, I mean, one thing that's on my mind and Liz, I mean, as we jump into thinking about the future, feel free to chime in when, and if you want, you don't have to, I mean, this is just an open conversation about future topics last time. Okay. So like in decode the future part one, we were talking about like AI, right? Generative AI. So things like chat GPT. (laughs) 
right? Like, Glad I, don't I graduated I, without that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's actually a point. I mean, that's like a curiosity, right? Like that yeah. just came out, you know, about six or seven months ago and it was already yeah. integrating itself into the classroom. So you kind of missed that wave that is now emerging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had it a little bit. But... You had it a little bit like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just yeah. curious. Did you see people using it? Like, was it being incorporated in, in yeah. ways to cheat or ways to critically think deeper? Like, yeah, yeah. just like go, please tell us. Yeah. So I love, absolutely love my department at my school. Um, they treading lightly would tell us, you know, these are the bounds and limits of y'all being able to use it. They really wanted us to find a way to use it in a positive manner. So this is like one of those things that it could have such a negative light, but if you just find the positive in it, there is a way to use it. And so like we would, you, you, if you use it, you have to like cite it, of course, and just kind of like make sure we would make sure before doing the assignment that our teachers were okay with us using it um there were at west point there's a really big honor code a cadet will not lie cheat or steal pretty simple but it it covers its basis as you know and so um just kind of like living honorably is something that's really held as a standard to cadets there And with that being said, my department was like, you know, we trust you guys. You guys are at the point, especially for us, we are seniors. And, you know, we know you know how to live honorably. And this is your chance to practice that. If you use this in an honorable way, like we're not going to tag you for it. And so I had like a presentation and my teacher loved this. We like went on chat GPT and uh, we had to like come up with an activity. So we were just trying to like figure out activities with this topic we were talking about um fashion and pop culture and so we typed those like keywords in there and then we were like activities with it came with an activity we didn't really like it but then it started this like brainstorm between me and my partner Mm -hmm. and we just kept going kept going kept going came up with this great activity it was super fun to do for the class and our presentation was rated like really well because we were able to use it in such a positive light so I think it definitely can be used positively it just is very scary how far we've come with AI, specifically mm-hmm. as I'm not a tech person. I don't truly understand it all. Again, the unknown's scary. Um, but as long as we keep using it to further humanity, yeah, I think that we'll be pretty safe. Yeah. Um, I will say recently I got a story. Um, I was talking to this lady and she was asking me, you know, oh, you just graduated, yada, yada. And so we had a chit chat and her son was just going off to college he's going into his freshman year and she was so concerned about him going and I, that was concerning that she was feeling like he would fail i was like oh mm. my god please don't do that don't do yeah. that on him he's just starting but she was just recounting all of these stories that she heard from her neighbor's sons who recently went off to college and one of them was um now under or suspended and mm. possibly going to be expelled simply because he was accused of cheating mm. uh, because the professor put his essay or puts his students essays through an mm. AI server yep. or database or some sort. And it's able to indicate whether or not a human yep. wrote the essay or if a machine wrote it and it accused him of a machine writing it. Now, I don't know. I do not know this person personally. Right. So he might be, you know, lying down to the grave. Uh, but from the sincerity of the the mother who was speaking, it sounded like this boy really did write his paper. Yeah. You know what? But saying it out loud, but, I'm not really, I, I don't know the person, but no. the fact is that we're having this new type yes. of AI discussion that's just yeah. so foreign. And we've only been out of college like two, three years and it's, it's, it's shifting. Wild. Like it's really, yeah. it's, it's happening, happening so fast. And yet I don't, I don't see a lot of people reporting on how we're seeing it show up in education right now. But it, okay. Well, I, I was telling you guys offline, I have an article that's about to come out and literally I'm so excited for this because everything hey, that we're talking okay, about, I'm queen, so excited. Queen, yes, queen, 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 yes, king. Giving. That's some hot girl shit. Hot girl shit only. But yes, the point is, is that basically we're talking about these exact things like the AI being integrated into the classroom, the declining enrollments of undergraduates in school and what that means for society and preparing people for the next generation of leaders. But then as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm listening to your story and I'm like, oh my God, there's literally an article in The Atlantic that is reporting on this exact thing where these models, they exist to detect if cheating with generative AI has been conducted. But the important thing to know, and I don't, I can't give specifics on how accurate they are. They aren't perfect is the important Mm -hmm. thing. So that person very well could have written the article, but the software that is being used to detect could be generating a false positive. 
And right. so you, these are things that have to be grappled with. But I mean, I'm just grateful to be in your presence right now, Liz, as someone that at least experienced this type of yeah. interaction in the classroom, because I was kind of just reporting on it and researching it. And yeah. I felt like I became very knowledgeable and learned a lot about it. But to hear like mm -hmm. a first person account of what's taking place, I think it's important. And I think we just have to continue to have these conversations because the technology yeah. is not going to go away. I mean, we have issues about AI. Embrace it. Yeah, embrace sure. it. Exactly. Embrace it. Embrace that suck. <laughs> yes, embrace that suck, but then embrace the positivity that comes with exactly. it as well. Because I like how you talked about how you guys used it in a positive way. Like, it's yeah. not so much about demonizing students for people are tired. Like, first and foremost, the students are over the students are overworked. So it's like, mm -hmm. of course, they're going to resort Test to methods it, that Alan. allow them to easier, easierly execute yeah. their assignments because sure. you're telling them that they have five papers due by Wednesday. They have three papers or three essays to read. And then and the girls got to go out on stories the weekend, to read so. and they got to go out on the weekend. So it's just like, no, of course, they're resorting to these methods to try to stay yeah, afloat. Sure. And. Rather than demonizing them for wanting to engage, I think clap for them wanting to engage, but then also it's a moment to educate youth on how to use these technologies in a positive way. And then also yeah. think about ways to rework the system. Because I mean, the big question that we're trying to answer is like, is college functioning in the way that it should? And is it yeah. achieving its functions that it set out to do? when well, higher education yeah. was initially created so anyway just like lots of thoughts if you're like if, and essentially if you're looking at so sociology moment i'm a geek come a on get bit. into it but so schools were made as an institution to raise citizens that are citizening essentially so like let me put that in different terms but um there's a purpose for every institution that we have mm -hmm. and schools specifically are supposed to create positive citizens for right. our society and it's really supposed to shape and mold you and socialize you in the same way that a family institution is but even further and so if you're looking at that purpose specifically with like higher education right so it's supposed to teach me how to interact it's supposed to teach me and and just give me these tools at the end of the day like ai is a tool yeah so how can i learn to use it and that was another thing you know like another one of my teachers was like if you use it fight it Mm -hmm. so always be able to say like this is where I got it from but then also what did you learn from it so if you did like you didn't understand anything and this AI taught you how to do this problem or taught you what you needed to know to write this like okay so I learned a b c and so at the same time it it really can be a learning tool and it is tempting to use in other ways and just to say okay I'm just going to turn this in and like look the other way but truly, like, if schools are doing what they need to do, that they will find a way to incorporate it, I think. I think they're going to have to. There's, they like, don't have really a choice. And that's the conclusion. That's yeah. the conclusion that we reach, kind of. Like, they don't, they don't have a choice at this point. Yeah. So they, and again, I mean, that goes, I'm also interested in the fact that you major in a humanities field. And there's all, like, the, you know, there's the, I, oh, so much. Okay, slow down, Brandon. My <laughs> yeah. goodness. There's so, this is such a vast <laughs> topic. Oh, my God. Sociology, yeah, it's, it's in the humanities field. Right. And mm -hmm. so you're talking about like the initial purpose of what higher education was created for. Also, fun yeah. fact, in the United States, we created higher education before we created K through 12 learning. Was that correct? I don't know. <laughs> Victoria yeah. was like, side eye. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, that, actually <laughs> <tracks>. <laughs> that makes sense based on how we're experiencing it. But yes, that's uh, that's an actual fact. We decided to create higher education before we tackled K through 12 learning. So what you do with that information is entirely up to you. Which is the reality. <laughs> but you were talking about the initial purpose, and it wasn't necessarily rooted to economic outcomes as it is so heavily now. It was about intellectualizing young people. And it's like, yeah. that's a really beautiful aim because I think it's yeah. important to raise people that know how to have deep, critical thoughts. And I don't mm -hmm. know whew, if the vast majority of young folks have that capacity or it's being taught in a way that colleges like to promote that they yeah. are doing so in the classroom because it's so much about doing the assignment right in the exact right. way that it we has been prescribed yeah right so yeah there wasn't a thought there but i'm just no 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 but no i i have something to add to that because that to me that just clicked for me that's extremely problematic like if we are now creating these people who are more mechanical and more technical when you put us up against the ai we will not sustain period Ooh. like Hello. when you put us up against the machine we can't hold it down but 
what we can sustain is that emotional intelligence, is that humanity side, and so that we can control what the machine does to our future. You get it? so like you. we're not if <laughs> so that's why as AI is coming into the fold, like we have so many people who are freaking out and saying, "Oh my God, it's going to take my job, or it's going to replace the skill and the value that I add," which is like typing numbers into a system or doing something that's very much on the mechanical side. Well, this is this is sweetheart where it really needs to come down to your objective yeah, and so. your, yeah, exactly. So we really need to actually step back into what we were originally designed and the school system sounds like was also designed to mature us, which yeah. is definitely on that heavy side of like emotional yeah. and intellectual critical thinking, humanities, liberal arts, all of that really needs to come to the forefront to lead the tech transition yes. future and so forth. Because if we, when we put ourselves up against mechanics and the actual mechanic we're not gonna hold of yeah. course they're gonna well, take our position just like a parting thought too is you know who builds these machines oh uh oh Dive and in. so when when we look at you know the whole idea behind human error oh like my God. one Ugly. thing about humans we're gonna make a mistake you might well <laughs> rest that assured right now. rest assured there, like there's gonna be a mistake so once you accept that little piece you'll have a little bit more peace yourself but with that being said every AI system has had little glitches or had it's like things, oh, I, I can't do that or, you know, and maybe it's yet, but it's also the fact that there will always be human error added in when people do math equations. My right. sister's a math major, right? So you always have to account for the human error. And it's just something that, thank you. <laughs> it's something, no, barely. <laughs> no, oh my um, God. It's just something that, you know, you have to think about because at the end of the day, like even watching Hidden Figures, the movie, yep. when they first brought that machine in and the character played by Octavia Spencer, is it? Yes. Um, the I'm machine. That, that, the, the way she read it. So beautiful. <laughs> yeah. She learned oh that machine God. like the back of her hand, she but at sure the end did. of the day, the, the character played the by... Um, the main character who was in the room, you know, got the pearls. She, her name is escaping me. So excuse um, me, but she had to run back and do yeah. the calculations because the machine got it wrong. Right. So it's just kind of like at the end of the day, you know, AI will, it's come, it's going to be around us. You know, that's the generation that we're living in, but also know your worth. This is don't let your crown slip well, back to it. Back to it. I mean, but ultimately, it's it's a, it, it's about that you use the word humanity, and then that ties into the word humanities, obviously. And I think that's ultimately what we have in one regard in terms of thinking about this dialogue. It's like the humanities meets tech, and they have to come together. You can't yeah. have one without the other. And when you try to isolate one, it's like how we privilege tech roles or STEM roles over humanities. That's kind of what I was getting at when I was asking about your degree in sociology. It's like, Oh, yeah. you're going, you're paying $70,000 a year to get a degree in sociology or theater or all of these yeah. really important industries that play a vital <laughs> role in our society. And we're sitting here yeah. talking down forever? on them. Hello. Okay. And Art. we're sitting here, you're <laughs> like, not doing, yes. Right. And we're talking about, oh, you can't make money with that. And it's like, I get it. We're living under capitalism. Yeah. Fair, valid. I hear you. I see you. We all experience it. But we can't negate the importance of these other roles in the humanities because they inform the way that we create these technologies yeah. and experience them moving forward. And I guess I will say too, like if you can take a sociology class, take it because every institution has such a purpose. Like even the prison industry has such like a bad connotation. And it's like, when we studied it in criminology for that class, it was like, wow, this is the purpose of the system. Is it being achieved? Is it being accomplished? That's a different paper. That's a different essay. But, you know, just sociology really opens up your eyes to the interaction of institutions and people with institutions in our society. And with that, you can grow so much. And I appreciate um, West Point for this because our GE classes is in every field. So people have to take one psychology class. Uh, there's actually a few different psychology classes you have to take. Leadership classes. You have of course, the math and sciences. Um, and then you also pick your major and everyone has to have an engineering minor. So, you know, we're very well-rounded individuals and, and I appreciate that foundation, but I would challenge people, you know, if you have an elective and it's intro to sociology, it will rock your world. Honestly, mm -hmm. I love it so much. I could talk about it for hours, but to the game. I mean, that kind of already we already kind of got into. We're 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 in the game. We're, we're, how, yeah, yeah, we're here. We've, we've arrived. Yeah, hearing different our different majors kind of 
plans each other. Yeah, and how each one is important, but how we see them holding a vital role in the future. I think that's pretty cool to have a sociology, sociology, okay. sociology major, um, hearing your perspective for sure with two like math heavy uh, degrees in this room right now. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also thinking about skills as well. Like the skills yeah. that AI, one thing is for sure, the skills that are required to do a lot of the jobs today will become obsolete or in a sense, they will be able to be achieved by machines. And I mean, there's both yeah. positives and negatives to that. Mm -hmm. I think it's important just to understand that moving forward, there's going to be new skills that are prioritized. And that's where the opportunity arises for human beings. It's not yeah. necessarily to be fearful of these new emergencies. Ooh, hold that. Yep, it's, the it's the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like back to, and we've talked about this too on the show is like that opportunity cost. And that's where my mm. geek side on the econ side comes in. We'll really, honestly, we'll, we will be okay. I know I'm not like a high bank or anything, but from the basis of economics, like mm -hmm. what you just said, it, it's, it's going to be a simple shift. Yeah. And there is going to be some growing pains, but yeah. I really don't see us being so concerned and becoming overwhelmed by how much tech is around us that we become stagnant and accepting it in the first place. That is problematic. Mm -hmm. And that's where we go wrong. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it's to. Well. That's yeah, always what but, I think. No, but please continue. No, I think you're I think you're totally spot on. And that that's an important comment to to lean into because that fear is so prominent right now. And I guess, I mean, we've talked about it before, but I feel like maybe we didn't go as deep as we could. And I feel like now it's really starting to gear up with the way that AI innovation is happening in society. So no, you're totally spot on to, to say that. I mean, I guess the point that I was making is <laughs> the connection between the college and the real world. I think we would all agree that sometimes that connection is not as streamlined as it should be. Yeah. The colleges yeah. are trying to prepare us for the future, essentially. Like that is what you are essentially doing. It's like, okay, I'm going to embark on this four-year journey to emerge into the real world with a set of skills that will enable me to obtain a job, to be a productive member of society. And sure, there are various arguments as to how well that gets done regularly. But for me, I think I lean into the fact that it doesn't achieve its an intent as regularly as it should or as, as best as it as it could. And so there's various reasons for that. I mean, the future is moving so quickly. Institutions move so slowly because they have so much bureaucracy behind them and there's so many checkpoints that they have to walk through yeah. to enact new policy, to change curriculum. All of those things impact the student experience and their learning outcomes. So it's just, and we're just three black people sitting in front of mics, having <laughs> a conversation about the future, which I think is so profound. I say that kind yeah. of cavalierly, but like also really serious that this is really important work, but it has to be said and it has to be reiterated because I don't, I just, I'm not confident in a lot of the institutions that are supposed to be protecting us and preparing us for the future. And I think conversations like this allow us to just be like, okay, this isn't working. And I think it's problematic sometimes when you're just being that negative Nancy and saying, okay, this is terrible. This is terrible. But I feel like it's important to have these conversations to be like, okay, yes, this isn't working, but like, where can we go next? And after yeah. having this combo, I'm like, okay, I'm having a little bit of hope. You know, I think that there's still people and even people that work within certain systems that don't always work effectively. Like the conversation and the energy, it's there. And I think if we just continue to, to show up and to yeah. think beyond the, mm, do the, our best. The, that do our best, think beyond the timelines, think beyond the social media posts, just to like go deeper. Cause there's so much, there's and so much. And sometimes go beyond that money and that yeah. income as well. I yeah. think there's, yeah, especially in the twenties, right, right now, this is like a very, mm, it's such a, back to the grateful. It's a moment that we really have to cherish. Cause it's, it's not that serious quite yet. And it's not forever. Right, mm -hmm. right, right, right. It's, it's something that we can flow through and learn through. So like, if we can bypass those challenges that you just listed in order to further understand ourselves so then we can be more productive in a team environment more productive in our community and so forth that can just make change over the overarching change that we need for this future of tech um then we can then i then i will you know have more positivity but we got to do that work we right. got to do that self-work first yeah. like, i think something that like i'll add to this is you know two two things that come to mind and kind of loop back as well but you know with the do it 
do your best comment it's also about like recognizing that everyone in this world is doing their best Mm -hmm. at the end of the day we really are all trying to live and so it's Mm -hmm. like when you kind of go into things and you have that perspective of like okay this person's also doing their best maybe they snapped at me in this moment or maybe they had some comments that weren't exactly nice they were a bit on the race side or whatever the case may be or the system doesn't seem to be working for me like at the end of the day like we created these things to do its job and to do its best and if you have that outlook then it just makes it easier it it takes that weight off of you to be upset about something or to be mad about something instead it's like how can I change this to better do Mm. you know and so with that being said and like kind of tying into and folding into like the whole gratitude piece you know We talked about earlier in this episode, the gratitude of the lows and the emotions, and maybe you don't have the gratitude for how that system's working or for how it's making you feel or whatever, but do you have a friend to call and tell? Maybe you're grateful for that. You know, do you have a release system? You know, you go play tennis. Are you grateful for that? Like, I can walk today so I can go run and hit this ball. Like, you know, to find those little things. And to just always assume someone's doing their best, that's the one assumption I make. You know, it it will really carry you. And I think you have to find those moments and find those activities and those outlets, yeah. I think. I mean, if I'm in that moment of just like closing out, but then also leaving people with pieces of advice as they navigate the aftergrad moment, it is identify those outlets that you can turn to in moments of crisis. Where if it's, I literally told a friend that I'm living with currently, that like I just I need a I need <clears throat> I have tennis yes but I like in this moment the emotions that I'm feeling like I want to go throw plates against a wall like I really do yeah. need that in this moment rage room yeah exactly something something along those lines and I haven't found that yet but I'm gonna locate that but whatever that looks like I mean it's all it's always like small like just anything it's literally anything like whatever your spirit is suggesting to you I feel like sometimes I'm a very logical person I feel like I'm more logical than emotional but I try to be in both realms I think mm-hmm. you have to use both the point that i was trying to make is sometimes it's not going to be logical right like it's that spirit yeah. and i and, and that has been guiding me i know victoria i see yeah. victoria nodding and i'm like yeah like so, sometimes there's not going to be an explanation but you just know it's right and yeah. just take that step towards that direction and see what's next right like don't try to yeah. rationalize it there's probably no explanation i'm not <laughs> a christian but i know that in and I know this because living with you, Victoria, and then living with your mom, um, there's a story, and you guys can help me out. It might be with Paul, but he was asking questions. He was asking questions of the Lord, essentially, mm-hmm. like, like, what does this all mean? And the Lord was like, you're asking for Paul. too much. You're, you're trying to figure too much out. Like, stop trying. Stop try- yes, right. Like, it's getting to that faith that component. Um, yeah. and, and in that moment, one of the disciples, whoever the story is referring to, was trying to seek the Lord in all of his ways that he operates. Yeah. And that was too big of a question. He needed to simplify yeah. things for himself yeah. and where's your smaller. position. Yes. Play what your do you position. Need to do? Live in that moment. Yeah. I think that's so important is like something that you had mentioned is walking that thin line, mm-hmm. you know, the logical and the emotional that like, that's everything in life It's how can you manage this thin line? So, you know, whether it's, you know, some, Sometimes being too happy is also a problem. Mm -hmm. So how can I be happy, but also grounded? You know, there's always going to be a thin line. Sometimes it's like you need to go after what you want, but you also need to take care of where you're at. There's a thin line. Sometimes it's follow your heart, but listen to your mind. That's the thin line, you know? And so um, I've just kind of like learned juggling and being on that tightrope of that thin line, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's going to get messy. But at the same time, when you have that faith that you can continue to walk that line, that's where your intuition comes into play and you're able to like step more confidently. Yeah. A quote that definitely um, that I I wrote down the other day, no one said it. um, I think I just wrote it, but to make me feel smaller and less relevant, like, and I mean that Mm -hmm. not in a sense of like pushing down my confidence or anything like that. But sometimes, like you said, like I'm asking too big of questions that are concerning me and just me and like my well-being and like being successful and so forth. And so I I always kind of, I'm taking myself back to this quote kind of consistently that I would like to share on the podcast to make myself feel smaller and understand that I'm just a little piece of this. 
um, is like, I just want to be a part of this bigger picture. Mm. How can I be a part of this bigger picture? What can I do today to be what a part? Because it's not about me. It's it's ultimately like we were just talking about the the bigger part, the future, right? Yeah. And so I am just kind of gracefully, not gracefully, but just praying over my part and just having the honor to play a part in this larger picture. Yeah. And so maybe if if um, us fellow after grads kind of just harp on that in our 20s, just how can I play a larger, be, have a role in this bigger picture that I don't even know yet and under and submitting yourself to the fact that you just don't fully know. And it's truly be yourself. That one. Mm-hmm. Like it's truly like I, Elizabeth Ann Gilbert have something that you can can't bring to the table. Absolutely. You have something that I can't bring to the table. And it's the same thing. We we're talking about all our different degrees and like how they kind of like puzzle pieces and able to fit into one another. It's the same way with people, right. you know, at the end of the day, what can this diversity of thought is something that mm. is uh, on the rise because before people would be like, Oh, I want diversity in my company. I want diversity here, diversity, this, that, and the third, but diversity of thought is something that's super important. And it's something that every person will have. Mm. So, I mean, like be yourself and know that when you walk up to that table with your crown on, um, you bring something mm-hmm. that no one else can. So. Victoria was just saying how we were just talking about that exact comment in one of our previous episodes about like the diversity okay. of thought, like not submitting to echo chambers. And that's, I actually was thinking yeah. about that recently just as an internal dialogue. I was thinking about the people that I've been interacting with and what I'm wanting to create in terms of community. You know, like, yes, diversity of thought is important, but then also you do need people that I'm, I've been reading a lot of newsletters and then just also like restarting my writing practice with this article that's about to come out. But it's important to find people where you almost don't even have to speak. Like yeah. Victoria, Victoria, yes. you and me, we're on that, we're on that wavelength. Like sometimes I don't even need to speak. It's like when you came to visit me recently, you were driving through, you were helping your sister come from DC to get back to Texas. Y'all were driving. It was like a 20 hour road trip. It's like we didn't say much, but the experience was beautiful. We said we said all we needed to say, right? And it's because we've developed that community with each other, that relationship, that friendship, that bond. And I do think that you you need a balance, obviously. And that's what that, that diversity of thought is, that thin line. Exactly. Like, because sometimes you do want to be challenged by certain relationships yeah. and you want to be challenged sure. by the way other people think. But then there's also moments where it's just like, no, we got to get this done. Like, we're trying to execute certain things. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. pushback. Okay. This needs to be seamless because everything <laughs> else is falling apart elsewhere. I need this to work. <laughs> right. right. <You> better work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this was beautiful for a season closer. Yeah, I'm really happy it. with this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for Liz. I'm excited for us. There's so many things that are turning around, and we are yeah. super excited to share with you guys on the show in season three. We are reading, writing, Ugh. learning, and speaking in the future. And so, we will keep you guys in touch and in the loop. So can stay tuned say, for our drop. Can I just say, like, I, again, watching y'all grow, y'all talk about how proud you are of me. I'm so proud to be a part of this moment, but also just to watch both of you through life. And I don't think you guys give each other the flowers y'all deserve enough because, again, you're in the trenches together. But as I am not in those trenches with you, I want to give you your flowers in this moment. You are closing out your second season um, and you both are doing things that need to be done. You're working. Okay. You're slaying. So I, again, am really proud. want to give you those flowers. And like, honestly, this is the time to have faith and keep it pushing. Like, I believe in y'all so heavy. It's crazy. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed because you just read me because you're totally right. I have not been buying myself... I have not been listening to Miley Cyrus. I have not been buying myself flowers and I need to do better and I'm working on it. But, you know, you're totally girl, right. Beyonce's and... Renaissance will get you right, too. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I'm that girl. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for saying those words. I yes, I yes. appreciate it because, I yeah, literally I was laughing because I was thinking about a conversation. It was like an hour long FaceTime with Victoria where I was just I'm just feeling down feeling a little depressed. And I kind of led this episode with talking about those emotions too, but always coming back and sharing, I think is quite helpful. And I'm just so appreciative and important. You're right. Yeah. Look how far you've come. Like you're right. You know, you sound like my mother before you can get out again. So thank you. I just said, you sound like, you sound like my mother and we've been been having (laughs) conversations, not, not saying that in a negative way, just, I'm in good company. Yeah, I know it. (laughs) So yeah, thank yeah. you. Anyway, and thank yeah, you for being so willing to share. Vessels, your experience. Vessels, vessels. 